Greetings and welcome to Grund Podcast, a thing that you listen to if you like adventure games, art, literature, music, game development and everything in between. On our first full episode, I'm joined by Livio, one of the creators of highly successful adventure game Gibbas. Now the team of Stuck in the Attic is uh, working on their new project Near Mage, that promises to be so much, much more than your classic adventure game. We talk about writing, development, good things and bad things. And don't forget, Grund is surreal sci-fi narrative-driven adventure game where your choices matter. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Visit us at grun.com. It's a hub for everything new. These podcasts, lo-fi video episodes, direct links to our playable demo and upcoming Kickstarter. Oh my god, so much work. Virtually. For a year, two years maybe even. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, something like that. So, greetings uh, from uh, Latvia. Hey, good to hear you. Another, uh, yeah. Now go ahead, go ahead. Uh, I was saying, uh, of course, lovingly, another second-rate uh, European country. <laughs> yeah, I guess, I guess. But look, like we're we're trying, we're trying to do things, you know, mm-hmm. against all odds. Yeah. So and and you know, it, it's it's cool that you know. People are starting to take notice. Uh, yeah, don't worry. I mean, things are happening very, very slowly uh, around here too. We are. I keep getting told that we are very much the, uh, you know, the exception uh, that we're trying to do stuff. I mean, I don't know how how the indie scene is over there, but here it's like a hundred studios for uh, sixteen million or something. Wow. I don't... Yeah, but that's. I mean, it's it's. It's not good. <laughs> it could be a lot. It could be a lot more, you know. Uh, just so. just last week, uh, I I called uh, uh, Latvia's fund for culture projects, and mm. uh, they th- said straight away that uh, games, you know, games not a culture. Go oh, fuck yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you guys don't have grants either, right? No, zero. Yeah, and this is something that I rant and rave about to anyone who will listen to me. Because, uh, you know, you only need to look at, like, countries that are doing better, like the, you know, like like Sweden and, like, Scandinavian countries and Germany. Um, I was just, uh, I don't know if you saw, I posted this on, I think I posted it on Facebook. But, like, there's just one land in Germany that has 3 million euros um, funding for indie games. Just, just, this is just, like, one, I think it was just Bavaria. I'm, I'm not exactly sure where. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Um, so, you know, we wouldn't have to stress out with investors and publishers and, and Kickstarters and that kind of stuff, but, mm. eh, well, what can you do? Uh, also, just, just, a, just a disclaimer, if you hear weird stuff in the background, it's, it's my cats going crazy. We, we only live in, we, like, we live in a one-room apartment, so I can't really shut them off anywhere, and I need to keep the door to the balcony open, because otherwise they're going to start scratching mm-hmm. at it and uh, distract me. So just saying, if there's weird noises, that's the explanation. It's all good. I have a one black cat as well. Oh, it's gone, cool, so cool. It's good. <laughs> so I have written down some questions here. Seven, basically. Mm. I tried to not ask you uh, 
which is your favorite color and that sort of thing. <laughs> also, there won't be any your favorite game question, I think. Mm. But yeah, um, like uh, I read that you were three person team stuck yep. in attic. Uh, <laughs> Has it changed uh, because uh, this new project of yours uh, looks quite bigger and uh, more demanding than uh, Gibbos was? Well, it, it has changed and it hasn't changed. I mean, it has changed in the, in, the, in the sense that we have changed one team member, but there's still just three of us. So our uh, the programmer that we made the first game with, that we made Gibbos with, uh, you know, he realized, I mean, he sort of realized that he didn't want to make indie games anymore because it was too stressful. And so we parted on, on very good terms. Um, and we got uh, Chris. So we're not a 100% Romanian uh, studio anymore, in a way. Uh, not that it matters that much, but uh, we, we got Chris, who is uh, Italian. He's from, he's from Naples. Um, and we were actually very fortunate to find him because uh, once our first programmer was going, you know, you know, it's pretty difficult to find uh, programmers that are willing to, you know, to dive into this kind of project because uh, first and foremost, I think everyone knows programmers can get paid a lot better working on, you know, like other, like in a corporate job or something. Hell yeah. You can't, yeah, you can't, you, you, you can't compete with that. So we were very, very fortunate to find Chris and not only were we fortunate to find him, but he's like a, like he's an amazing person. We became really, really close friends. And he's also um, a, a connoisseur of the of the genre and very very much passionate about this so basically we hired him as you know as a friend and as a fellow adventure game uh aficionado first and as a programmer and game designer second and uh to get to to your question actually because that was uh was a little bit of a detour there um yeah it is it is much more ambitious yeah near me just much more ambitious but then again, um, we're, we're sort of dealing with it in a little bit of a different way in the sense that, for example, the first game, uh, I handled all the game design and uh, like most of the writing, I had a little bit of, uh, uh, had a little bit of uh, you know, a few discussions with, uh, with Kami, my, our other artist uh, and my partner, you know, regarding the story and everything, but mostly uh, I, I have to own up to all its flaws and everything because I sort of did it all myself uh, not out of ego or anything it just uh, we were we just wanted to split everything up into you know equal parts so things could get better um, but it wasn't necessarily a good thing and now the, the good part is that we're all contributing to game design and also to the ideas and I'm also co-writing uh, co-writing everything with Kami and Chris also has an input so it doesn't feel uh like a project that's split into three parts and just we're working individually on it it feels very much like a cohesive thing that's being that that we're all working on um at the same time and also uh not to cast any shade on our former programmer but we've done a we've made a lot more progress in the year that we've been working on near mage than uh i'd say maybe twice as much progress than we had in in a you know in a year on on gibbous so I think this is like one of those things with the bands where, you know, you change a band member and suddenly there's a lot of, there's, there's, uh, you know, there's chemistry and everything's mm -hmm. happens, mm -hmm. happening much, much faster. Um, and um, 
yeah, uh, it is also ambitious, not just in scope, but also because we are uh, straying away from class, the classic, classic, classic point-and-click uh, formula. Because uh, that was one of the things that felt um, a little bit less satisfying when we made Gibbous. Because, I mean, you're, you know, you know adventure games very well, too. I mean, you know that they're pretty formulaic, right? I mean, it's a formula. It yeah, hasn't... it's hard to stray away from it sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah yep, exactly. And, and not only hard, but it is a little bit intimidating, um, especially if, if you're at your first game. Uh, you know, the, the, the point-and-click adventure, classic, classic adventure formula is sort of like this warm blanket that you, you know, that you, uh, that you cuddle up in and you feel safe because you know that so many games have used it before. And what you need to do is add your own puzzles and your own story and your own uh, characters. And it felt good and it works and people know what it is. But this time around, uh, this time around we wanted to shake things up a little bit and sort of... You have I, to I grow. Do, you have to grow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, we we wanted to we it, it's it's super fun, appealing to the to the hardcore players of this genre. But at the same time, we didn't want to want it to be limited to mm -hmm. that, you know. Because I think as adventure game players, uh, and I'm curious what you think about this, we have we sort of have this expectance from people to already know what to do when they fire up a game. Uh, but that only uh, an adventure game, but that only happens with people who have played an adventure game before me, you know, because uh, we were showing the game at a like at a games convention that wasn't adventure oriented. And we had people who like, you know, you'd pick they'd pick something up and then they had no idea that it went into the inventory and all these conventions that we're very much uh, familiar with, but non adventure game players are not, you know, yeah, actually, yeah, tutorial was the way the last thing I did because oh I, I saw some people playing the game and and just I, I kept wondering how do you don't know what to do yet <laughs> yeah yep that's 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 the thing I mean it's fun because um, because Gibbous did well with the with the adventure game crowd but at the same time you know you it it can reach a a wider audience if only you make it just a little bit more friendly and uh i don't know it's worth at least trying because it's a it's okay. like a genre of games that that could reach out and be fun for much more people you know mm -hmm. so i understood you you are making an ear mage already for a year from last summer yep yeah um, yeah yeah in secrecy <laughs> yeah uh the question is uh you already mentioned that you you switch to another programmer that that's probably a tough stuff to do because um, I know that after prototype I had to switch to another artist and I was mm -hmm. scared because yeah everybody says that they can do something but no they can't mm -hmm. and I got very mm -hmm. lucky uh, as you as well um, what are maybe um, other things that you have learned during the development process of both games so far those big ones that you did not expect maybe that oh yeah well actually there were a lot and i'm not sure whether they were necessarily um you know up to i mean because of changing uh, team a little bit 
uh, but also because of this whole changing of the sort of the philosophy, uh, sort of the philosophy of the game, you know, who it's uh, reaching out, who it's targeting. Um, there were a lot of, you know, a lot of different things. Like, for example, um, with Gibbous, we, we started showing it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, we, we just, I just perceive, we all just perceived it very differently because with Gibbous, we started showing it as early as we had anything, you know, like we slowly, slowly put the idea out there and people were sort of aware of it, like marginal, but, you know, like we weren't, we weren't keeping anything secret or anything. And then, so when we went to Kickstarter back in 2016, people were sort of aware about it and they knew that it was about a talking cat and everything, all like that. Like we, it was a sort of different way of reaching a little bit of awareness in the genre. 16, and this time around, oh my God. you said 2016 and I'm just, yes, a long time wow. ago. These things take so much time to make, <laughs> yeah. like it takes so, yeah, it takes a long, long time for things to develop. Yeah. And this time around it was, um, this time around, we wanted to, it, it was also a little bit scarier because we only announced the game once we were already working on it for a year. And that's not necessarily a smart thing to do because ideally what you want to do is, you know, before um, investing a lot of time and effort and money into something is put it out there and see how people react to it, right? That's why people go to Kickstarter, for example, you know, uh, uh, and that's why people show. That's why you show it off as early as possible. We sort of went against our own um, wisdom of knowing that you have to show it early, but that's because we were sort of maybe a little bit cocky, but certainly sort of confident that people would react well to it, and they reacted well. Because this is, it's like it's not a wise thing to just work on something in secrecy and then go, hey, here it is, because you might be very surprised by people going, oh, no, no, this is not what we wanted from you guys. And it was um, it was very, this was a big risk that we were actually running because people were just expecting a sequel to our first game, especially because um, we sort of, uh, spoiler alert, we sort of ended it on a little bit of a cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. um, it was a very divisive uh, end for, for a video. But, but then again, a lot of adventure games end on very divisive, uh, in very divisive ways. And I remember Ron Gilbert said that uh, something to the effect of, I want people to talk about the ending. If it's just a, it can be a good ending, but then nobody will talk about it. And it's better to, you know, it's art. It's supposed to spark up conversation. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what we did. I'm on board, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, we were we, we we took a little bit of a risky route, but it paid off. I don't know. Maybe it's connected. Maybe it's not. The next question: um, Was there any features that you wanted to see in the last game and decided not to do, and brought them in this time around, and uh, maybe some features that you actually said no to now as well? I, I was expecting for that to happen sometime during the development of the first game, but actually, because we were so laser focused on delivering a game that, you know, the mechanics of which everyone who played adventure games was familiar with, uh, you know, that's the reason that we didn't, I didn't even think about it. That's, that's the weird thing about working again in such a, formulaic uh, niche like adventure games. So I didn't, my, my mind wasn't even going in that direction of innovating or adding new stuff. It was just 
focused on, you know, creating atmosphere and characters and everything. And mm -hmm. that was fun, but I guess, you know, uh, creatively, I was really itching. We were, I mean, not just me, we were all itching to actually do something that feels like actual, um, little bit of actual game design. I'm not saying that there isn't game design that went into Gibbous, mm -hmm. but, you know, just try to, trying to think out of the box. Um, and that's why, that's one of the reasons that we, uh, start, we, we, we thought about doing a direct sequel to, to Gibbous first, but then we realized that we really wanted to try something new. You know, we wanted to step out of the um, step out of the box and do something fresh, um, and that's why. And that that also meant, you know, like expanding the universe, not necessarily doing a, a direct sequel, and also coming up with all these new fun ways, like reinterpreting the inventory. You know, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. um, it, it also it, this also stems from differences between the game. The first game is a very avowed comedy game you know that's how we started out it it becomes a much it becomes a, a lot more serious as you progress through the through the story that was sort of the point and the second one we, we don't bill it as an adventure uh, as a comedy adventure game um at all mm -hmm. so it's this whole thing about adventure games where you're always carrying uh, a weird assortment of stuff in your pocket you know which w works very well with comedy games because you know you you just put something and we we even lampshade it you know like there's a there's a part in where the character says like how do i carry so much uh crap without a backpack you know um but that sure. does i mean that works well for comedic games but we didn't but near mage is not it's not a comedy it's like a, a, a proper adventure game and uh that's a kind of interesting challenge that we came up with was like um, okay, this is a game about a girl who is studying to become a mage, right? So how do we, how do we change? How do we not give up on inventory, but at the same time make everything feel right uh, within, you know, with the theme? With adventure games, when they go modern, they just sort of ditch the inventory and they just become choice and consequence games, uh, which is fun. Uh, I mean, it's fine, but we wanted uh, the gameplay to have a little bit more depth than that. And that's why we thought, hey, we don't have to ditch the inventory, uh, but the inventory can be spells um, instead of um, instead of just objects that you carry around. I, I like to set these um, light motifs, I, I guess you would call them, when making a game like with, with Gibbous, it was warm and dark, right? And so everything had to be warm and dark. That was something that we uh, that that we wanted to permeate like through the 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 music, the the graphics, the story, the atmosphere, you know that was like the red line through everything. Uh, everything needs to be warm and dark. And this time around, we decided, you know, like theme is king. Like theme is the most important things. And how do we how do we design this thing so that it always makes sense related to the theme? And that's how we came up with the with the with the spells as uh, inventory. And then you know we iterated from them. Okay, but how do you how do you get a spell? Well, you study and you learn it. But do you learn the spell already? That doesn't sound like a lot of fun. No, you uh, you have to learn three. You, you have to learn three smaller spells that we call near spells first, and then you can combine them into a spell. Oh, but wait a minute. That means that you can have different spells. That means that you can actually populate your inventory in a very customized manner and so that leads to replayability because uh, depending on what classes you choose um, 
you know, you can study different things and so come up with different ingredients for, for these spells. And I know it all like it, as you can tell, it gets more and more complicated and we're trying to keep a lid on that so that it does, the design doesn't blow up in our face. Mm -hmm. But eventually, I think we, I think we sort of came, I think we managed to strike a balance between uh, complexity and easy to understand not necessarily when i explain it in a podcast but hopefully when you play it when you play the game it's gonna make uh it's gonna make sense all right i have actually then twofold question here uh because i wanted to touch the spells as well first one uh first part of the question would be going back to development work uh animations uh because i i imagine there's you have to do a million custom animations uh, oh, yeah. for each spell. I have no idea how much they are. I want to ask percentage, but probably that wouldn't be a clever way to go. Um, <laughs> how time consuming is it? it? It's probably, I don't know, about 30% of the work. Yeah, it's hard to, it, you're right. It's, it's pretty hard to put into percentages, but it's a lot of work. Like there are, in the, the the spells that you can have in your inventory by in one run of the game are I mean they're in the tens you know not hundreds but they're in the tens, and so consider the fact that we're probably gonna have like custom animations for every situation that you can use each spell in, and on top of all this, uh, if since we're still talking about animation, we're doing the whole cosmetic DLC thing where. You can change your clothes and since we everything we animate is frame by frame that also means that that's a lot of animating different sets of clothes in different positions but i mean look this is a lot of work like a lot a lot a lot of work but me and kami it, and frame by frame animation is what we live for we we love working on it so since you love it it's good that's yeah yeah idea. absolutely okay. it's it's one of the highlights of the game i mean we love working on everything else in the game um, but and the, the 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 trick here is also that we. I'm not saying that we're the best animators out there, but we're really fast. Mm -hmm. Like we've <laughs> coming from a sort of a commercial. Uh, you know, we used to used to make like uh, animated videos before um, before jumping into game dev. And I can just give you an example. Like we made a we made a video for for the Pixies, and they were like, "You you guys can do anything with this song, but it needs." The, the the video needs to be done in one month yesterday and yes like literally yeah like one month in frame by frame like in animation that is like that's like that's almost like saying yesterday um and okay like we had a little bit of a bit bigger team but we we managed to deliver and so we we're very very accustomed to to you know to animating really really fast you know mm -hmm. not not losing sight of quality but we're we're pretty fast when it comes to that. We have a lot of uh, a lot of experience. There's other there's other scarier things <laughs> than that, you know, like uh, um, how people are going to react to the whole spells oh, things instead on. of uh, you know instead of inventory. And uh, are we going to be able to reach out to actually reach out uh, to an audience that is uh, you know larger than just your uh, adventure game fans? Mm -hmm. um, because I remember, like I remember Ron Gilbert being very, uh, when he launched, when they launched Thimbleweed Park, he was very uh, adamant about reaching out to people who weren't adventure gamers, and uh, eventually he sort of said that he he failed. But then again, that was a, again a very much 
classic style adventure and well not that we're trying to step away from from that necessarily but we don't want it to like the something that something that was good in a way but we but i sort of got tired of of hearing was uh you know whenever we showed our first game Gibbous, everyone was like oh this is very old school i like it this is very old school and yeah in a way it is because it's like a our first game is like a love letter to the games of the 90s but at the same time we tried to make it look and feel as modern as possible within those confines so um so with near mage we're trying to step even farther away from that you know like we're not we're not saying classic point and click love letter it's not it's not actually anymore a love letter to anything <laughs> it's just we're trying to do our thing and trying to make it as modern as and as appealing uh, as possible well classic uh, points and clicks usually also have a pretty straightforward story uh not not many choices and actually uh we can combine the question about a, a number of animations with uh i presume that um it's also then uh, when uh, um, the choice of spell happens mm -hmm. it uh there's also a narrative choice happens what happens to another guy or whatever and uh, right, how, yeah. how he responds uh was that a challenge uh, and uh, is this your first uh, delve into such a branched story because i i, I presume there's a lot of branches in artsy <laughs> <laughs> yep you're right yeah there are there are yeah that's a that's actually a very tricky thing and it's a trap that you can set yourself up for and you know and develop the game for the next 20 years because there's so many branching options that you that that you know that everything dominoes into into everything else and then you just keep designing the game forever and you never get to finish it you already um, forgot the first branch while you're working on the fifth so yeah yeah exactly exactly no yeah we are i mean it is true in a sense that every every time you you do something the story branches but the thing but the thing is that you know there's a difference between the individual story of the character or the situation that you're affecting and the bigger overarching story you know so the way we're doing that is not everything that you not every spell that you cast is going to affect your own story you know it with with some exceptions like we're still working on this so it's not nothing is set in stone but with some exceptions in a in a way or other everything pretty much plays out the same way every time with i mean there are certain important branches but we kept that at a, at a minimum so that the game you know so that the story would make sense because this time around we're trying to go with a much clearer easier to understand story but um but our gambit here is that you start caring um or being interested in the fate of the characters that that your spells affect the life of whether you like them or dislike them and so you will see you know the reverberations of your actions like the effects of your choice and consequence uh farther down the line but not to an extent that also complicates the main story the next question is more about uh, also about writing but uh, not about choices about uh, how do you write characters how much time uh, and effort you put in those little details and uh, what have you learned what's your way of doing things how do you come up with the backstories for characters and as such 
Mm, but yeah, that's an interesting story. Well, it's very, it's it's pretty different uh, between Gibbous and Near Mage because with Gibbous, um, basically, with the exception of the first, uh, uh, sorry, of the main characters that do have a little bit of a, that, that do evolve a little bit, you know, like they 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 change throughout the story. Uh, most of the characters in in Gibbous, since it's a comedy, are, you know, there's they're they're comedic stereotypes, basically most of them. So we, I sort of got away as a writer uh, with that because people don't really, you know, when they're when they're playing a silly cartoony comedy, they don't really expect like character development from from these guys who are basically like comedic relief. Most of them, not all of them, but like most of them. Um, so it was much easier the first time around, but it also felt like cheating a little bit. Like you know, the characters work. Uh, the characters worked, but there were other, again, other than the main players um, in the story, they were pretty easy to write because uh, the only thing that I really had to focus on was, you know, making them, uh, making making sure that they get a giggle uh, out of the player. And at the same time, there was also like a big cheat that I was employing <laughs> with the first game. And that is that basically the first game is like a, is like a greatest hits of Lovecraft's um, favorite writings of mine mm -hmm. and I've come up with the, with a story that sort of weaves between them so I guess if if you're a big fan of Lovecraft you're you're really going to enjoy that if not it might be it might seem a little weird um so yeah one of the one of the tricks is that uh a lot of the types in in Gibbous are like parodies of of either um of either like types of characters from Lovecraft's work or actual characters from from his work, so that was a little bit of a cheat that I employed there. Um, but again, that's a that's an overtly comedic game, and and I sort of got away with that a, a lot easier. Um, but in the second game, like in Near Mage, uh, since it's not it's not it's not that comedic anymore, and we're sort of going for it, not not a serious tone, but it's it's like a I, w I hesitate to call it a drama. It will still have humor. But basically what we're doing is trying to have uh, characters with a lot more depth uh, and everything. And what I do is I draw a lot from from what I read, you know, from the, the stuff that I read. Like I, I mostly read um, I mostly read fantasy, uh, you know, grimdark fantasy, uh, steampunk. Uh, so yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm mostly into escapist uh, literature. But I really, really prefer the one that actually has depth to it. So I'm not, I'm not just, I'm not just satisfied with, uh, you know, like escaping into worlds that are shallow and with badly written characters. And so basically, what I do is I, I, I try to pay attention to the to the characters that I really feel like empathize uh, with while I'm reading a book, and trying to figure out what you know, like the the little details that make them feel um, believable. And I guess there's a little bit of. Uh, I guess naturalism, you you would call it like little little things that ring very very true about characters that I didn't really concern myself with when writing uh, Gibbous. And this this time around, uh, I'm really focusing on you know like what makes the characters stick. Why why did they become this way? And it's fun because it's really fun to take a character that's like a I don't know like a werewolf or something and think about their problems and uh, not not you know not 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 have them tell you uh, directly uh, why they are the way they are but having the player deduce that you know 
sky's the limit actually mm, times the limit more like you know because it was uh it's 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 pretty you know it's a world that you really want to populate and you know i have a lot of believable characters milling around that you can uh interact with but at the same time you know you we we sort of promised we'd get this game done by 2023 and while that might seem like uh far into the future with the amount of work that we're setting ourselves up for it's it's really not that far no it totally doesn't um <laughs> you mentioned before um uh, that you trying to make uh new mage kind of easy to understand easy to follow mm-hmm. what do you actually mean by that uh, well uh from from a story perspective um i was i i tried to do a pretty ambitious thing with gibbous where i took again my favorite lovecraft stories and set them up in a, in an order that would sort of make sense um for for the for the player mm-hmm. uh and at the same time trying to you know to follow i think three different storylines and it all sort of became a little bit confusing for the player i think especially if you're not a fan of lovecraft um and also i wasn't i wasn't doing my best to to make the story make a lot of sense i was just uh i was just hoping that <laughs> you know that, that sounded the, good <laughs> <laughs> yeah i know look i mean i i have to admit like i'm not one of those people who are very much concerned this this is probably not a wise thing to confess as a writer but i'm not one of those people who are very much con- con- concerned with oh the plot has to uh, make this much sense and uh, it has to follow these strict rules blah 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 at least i wasn't i was very much relying on atmosphere and also um i bit up i guess i bit up more than i could chew with all the different uh you know different plot lines that were going in parallel um and especially you know it was i think it's i think it's also it's much more difficult with games than with uh than with movies or tv series because you know with a movie like you watch it it's two hours you get everything it's not a problem and with a tv series um if you you know you if you watch three episodes and then you come back to it you always can you they usually have like a previously on whatever mm-hmm. but uh but with games sadly with most games it's not like that and this is one of the reasons that we are discussing having a previously on um feature with on near mage and i wish we had it with gibbous you know or or some kind of way of tracking what's been happening because i can you know like i see I watch streamers play Gibbous every once in a while. Thankfully, like there's well, there's relatively many of them still playing it, and I see them jumping in and they're going. A lot of the times they're going like, "Oh my God, what were we doing? Like there's so many characters, so many plot lines. I can't remember what we were doing." And so that's a failing on on our part. And also, uh, it's also up to the to the way that people play games, you know, because they rarely ever sit down and beat like a. Eight or eight to ten hour game in in one sitting. So we uh, are actually uh, playing Witcher now with my son, uh, which is good actually. Uh, that gave me that idea as well. Uh, when the game loads, uh, mm-hmm. the Witcher has uh, like uh, right, like the little the comic book style. Yeah, and the narrator yes. tells you tells you yeah the main quest basically. So that's one yeah, way to that's, go. That's really good yes 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 you see like it's these types of things that i guess um they speak of uh experience you know this wasn't something that had occurred to us because the you know the story made a lot of sense to me but i never 
actually thought about the way people play these things and you know like i'm immersed in in the world of gibbous and its story like for years uh you know for out years on end uh for like eight to ten hours a day of course i know where everything of is course, and what yeah. how everything happens but you're you're missing out on the perspective of the player and that's also one of the things that i mean when i'm saying that you know we want this to be as easy to understand and perceive as, as possible so yeah a feature that that's exactly what we were having where we're, we're thinking of having like a feature um like maybe like an optional feature i don't know about a, a loading screen uh but maybe like an optional feature where you know when you fire it up is like do you want to be reminded of everything that's happened uh so far and that could also include all your branching choices but um i don't want to i don't want to get ahead of myself first first we need to see how we can uh how we can make all that happen because there's also some limitations we're working with unity and adventure creator um and so there are certain it's a great tool like it it really helps and chris is chris our programmer is always in contact contact with chris the creator of the utility mm -hmm. of adventure creator and it's a great tool but also has its limitations and uh we customized it a lot for for gibbous and we're customizing it a lot for uh for near mage we'll see uh, i have it's... bought it two years ago and never used <laughs> I just uh, I got afraid that uh, every software once in a while updates and mm -hmm. if uh, Adventure Creator updates and if there's some customization it breaks and those are problems I don't want to have. I hear that that happens with a, a or used to happen with AGS a lot uh, with Adventure Game Studio. Mm -hmm. But the thing is I'm I don't know I'm not a programmer so I don't really know about these like I only know them tangentially from what Chris tells me. But but uh, but Adventure Creator is something that is created by one guy who's also very passionate about uh, about these games and he's very responsive like he he responds to I mean our, Chris has told me that our Chris has told me that Chris the guy from Adventure Creator has actually created patches, you know, based on the reports or the suggestions that he made himself. So that it's really cool when you see people that are so so passionate about their, you know, their product um, as as they should be. Yes. <laughs> not, not, yeah, it's actually uh, one of the th things I tell uh, over a beer to some people and we our talks get get really deep uh, development um, uh, people I have met so far are mm -hmm. the, one of the best people I, I know. They are so open, so helpful, for basically for no reason. They just want to help you. It's amazing. I'm oh, yeah, really yeah, humbled yeah. About, uh, from this. Absolutely, yeah. And especially like uh, the, and the adventure game community in general is super, is super, super nice. Like we, we, since we're from a, you know, like Eastern European country where we don't really have a tradition or anything like that. Like I think we're, we were the first advent, Romanian adventure game ever released. Not, not that it was hard to do, not that it was hard to be that. Um, but, you know, we started going to, uh, I don't know if you've ever gone to Adventure X in London. No, the, no. Well, you should, I mean, now it's, <laughs> yeah, it's obviously not happening this year either, but if somehow we get rid of Corona by next year, uh, I definitely recommend you do that because that's where we came in contact with, uh, you know, with the basically the, the that's the fandom of the of the genre. And mm -hmm. it's just it's like 
it's uh, developers and just players, fans, streamers, uh, translators, and it's just like a big family. And we became really, really good friends, and we still talk like every every week. But yeah, it's exactly what you're saying. A lot of people that are very, very, very fun and supportive, and just helping each other. Um, you know, these, for example, we we had a terrible, terrible translation, uh, especially the Russian one, uh, when we launched. And we got a lot of negative reviews because of that. And our uh, and we reached out to to these guys that we met, uh, you know, AdventureX, um, uh, to Alex, our, our who's our friend now, and he helped us out and saved our asses basically. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah, it's nice to have like a supportive uh, community, and it's just like it's very very friendly, very welcoming, and. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure that there are that there are these types of tight knit communities around other genres. I hope there are, but I'm very very happy with with the adventure game one. Sure, uh, you mentioned uh, uh, that that beautiful thing that uh, is happening to us now, Corona, and all. Yeah. There's a lot of other good things in our world. Yeah. Um, what do you think about uh, making some I, I don't want to call them political statements, but uh, opinion statements uh, concerning real world within a games. Uh, not uh, maybe particularly your games, but uh, overall. What do you think? Uh, uh, is it a good thing? Bad thing? Depends. Yeah, I think it's a good thing. I mean, ultimately, ga you know, games are art. And art, I mean, there was always and always will be political art. But it, but it really, I mean, it really depends on what you go to them for. Uh, I'm really I'm okay with with politics in in art. I don't mind it. I'm a huge fan of Rage Against the Machine. So, <laughs> but um, um, they are good. It's yeah. not it's it's not something that I I'm in. I'm sort of we're not really interested in doing that in games. Uh, mostly because especially when I play video games, I want to get away from like I think it's with it's the case with most with most people. They just they just want a little bit of escapism. They just want to get away from their problems and. Not sure that they want to be reminded about that. They had but, enough. Yeah, they had enough. Uh, but but we but I am interested in like touching on social problems for um, not necessarily political ones, mm -hmm. and the ones that are very close to us uh, as a I guess as a studio I could say because it's like all three of us, but like especially me and Kami. It's uh, it's it's related to animals like animal welfare and all that kind of stuff. So, I w I want us I want us to somehow broach the subject and approach it, but at the same time, it's pretty it's pretty tricky because you don't want to come across as beating people over the head with with your opinions. You know, it's really easy um, to overdo. That's right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I I just don't I. It would be fun to do it in a way that doesn't really tell you what the that that's that's the bo the best part about it. That's you know when when you're when you sort of um, remind people of a problem and you make it very poignant, but at the same time you don't necessarily tell them what your opinion of it is, or you know you're not trying to push them one way or the other, but just sort of um, help with awareness, I guess. Our best um, way to to handle those things might be uh, just. To put another tip in a jar, not the, the f fill it full. Mm -hmm. Other right, people right. will do the rest. Uh, 
also tipic tip 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 but also it's it's also uh, interesting if you think about it because games sort of also select their own audience which is why uh it's interesting uh that we didn't really run into too many uh negative people as we started making games and you know interacting with the community and everything and so if you make sort of I, I don't know if I would call our games heartwarming, but they're definitely like they're not uh, they're not too. I mean, they are a little bit dark, but they, I, they they sort of select like an audience that is into maybe more. I don't know, you know, like cartoony graphics, like colorful graphics. Mm -hmm. um, somehow we ended up with a public that sort of reflects us, like people who are uh, into animals, for example, like. You know, like they're animal lovers, or they they like cartoons a lot, or it, you just sort of select your own audience by what you're what you're creating. Oh, you guys! Seeing... You guys ticked so, you guys uh, ticked so many boxes. Uh, you actually, I think you you you've done the best you could. Uh, the best uh, actually, everything could happen for you. I think you Thanks. did a great job, man. It's it's weird, you know, because when we first wanted to make our first game, we got that um, uh, we got that that blank page uh, anxiety. You know, it's it's a little bit weird because I know like I know people who have made a game who have made their games uh, that they had been dreaming of making since they were like thirteen or fourteen. I don't know if you know um, Fabrice Cowcat, the guy who made Demetrios and is now making Brock. No, no. Well, anyway. That's that was his story, and I was amazed. If I recall correctly, I don't think I'm I don't think I'm mistaking. I think it was him, and he said that he had this idea for an adventure game since he was basically a preteen, and then he ended up making it. And that's really really cool that he he managed to do that. But I didn't really we didn't really have that. So when we decided to make a game, like it was I knew that it was going to be like a point and click adventure because that was it's sort of like a combination of the things that I love most. Like, but I had no idea what I would what it would be about. And basically what, what what I did was sit down and think of about all the things that I love and try to make a like we'll just put them all together and try to make sense of it. And uh, that's why there's a cat and there's Lovecraft and there's uh you know cartooniness and there's you know like Romanian folklore and all, all this kind of stuff that is completely disconnected, but I just sat down and try to make sense of it and that's I guess I guess the fact that I'm really passionate uh, and we're all really passionate about this kind of stuff just click with people. I totally understand you because uh, yeah, uh, I'm trying to do my my stuff exactly the same as well. I I'm doing only things I uh, I love and uh, bringing in the tones and uh, vibes only. I um, I see I see passion. Uh, I feel passion for. Yeah, it's actually yeah. uh, people react to that very i think that's that's the, the most fun about it because it's very it's very hard to reproduce uh you know that connection if you don't if you're not if you don't actually care that much about it so that um uh david lynch he talks uh, about uh, the catching a fish uh theory or yeah 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 yeah, yeah. the way uh, he gets ideas right yeah and basically it's the same uh, because naturally ideas comes only from the place uh, you know uh, and you feel uh, connected with so and if you take them 
something will come out. So, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially because you know, like if you if you go into this dreaming of making money or or anything, it's not gonna work. You know, it's just not gonna work. Um, also, because this is it's like it's a lot of work. Like you know, you do you you do game dev too. You know, just like the sacrifices and just how much work there is um, to be done. And I'm not like I'm not saying that in in a in the sense of oh, I hope people understand the huge sacrifice and the you know the blood, sweat, and tears because I know I know a lot of people have it a lot worse and you know they're stuck in dead end jobs that they hate or they have to do physical work or anything like that. I'm not complaining about it. Like it's something that we choose to do. It's just that it's a lot of work and. Y- uh most people in this in this uh, in in this business of making indie games could probably be making a hell of a lot more money working in more productive you know like in in more uh monetarily productive fields but sure. we just choose to do it because uh you know you wake up in the morning and the, and you and you go to work with a smile on your face as opposed to a scowl it does uh give you a quite a bit of gray hairs and uh, bad times oh, yeah. uh, and worries but in the end it's it's totally worth it however the game does i will be happy well right. if, if exactly. i'm not on the street of course but, uh. <laughs> yeah and it's it, yeah it also depends on on where you come from because we uh both me and and kami at least i'm not sure about chris like we had the experience of of working sort of in our domain as in you know doing graphic design mm-hmm. but but you know the feeling that you don't belong there and you don't really care about the it's weird because it's not that you don't really care about the things that you're working on but a lot of the times you feel like the client doesn't care and it just all seems very pointless Useless, you know yeah. and that's why when we finally decided to become full-time game, game devs that's sort of when you feel like everything uh, clicked and it's also because you know it like it followed at least for me like a and for Kami too uh, like a, a, a you know a series of not just professional frustrations because uh, that wasn't necessarily anyone's fault but ours that we were you know d- doing something for work that that we didn't really it's enjoy. nobody's fault it's just the way things yeah are it just happens it yeah. just happens but also like but for me it was also the frustration of like for example going to art school for so many years and just not being like (laughs) just feeling like it doesn't help and that people are very much out of touch and they don't understand what cartoons are they don't understand what video games are it's just uh, but i i I think it's also it's a staple of this part of the world that we have a little bit of a you know like east eastern europe has a pretty significant delay um as god yes i'm actually i'm i'm not telling anyone uh what i'm doing it just ends up with a big eyes staring at me and what what are you <laughs> saying understand, right <laughs> okay yeah, yeah um, that's the thing that's the thing and it's weird because it's if you if you stop and think about it i mean it's like video games are the biggest industry biggest entertainment industry out there like they they're bigger than movies and and uh music put together mm-hmm. so it's weird that governments just don't some governments like ours just don't realize just that how strategically important you know uh supporting this field is um and it's also like i mean we we we, we're starting to have like we have this it's it's a thing called rgda which is a 
it's like an association of Romanian game developers and they're really doing their best and they're lobbying uh you know the government to to provide us with with grants All right. and stuff and they make yeah i mean it's they're trying to make things happen but you know bureaucracy um Uh, the it's not it's not easy it's uh it's not that time yet uh, it's there's still i'm judging by my country uh there's still a lot of um well i'm not young but uh there's like oldish people who who think that uh the game at best is uh, super mario and mm -hmm. that's oh yeah right it. yeah yeah um, it's that whole thing of trying to convince uh people that games are art and I, I don't understand how difficult that is to understand because if you accept that, and I think most people accept that movies and animations are art, all you're doing is adding interactivity to that. And so, writing and is art. Yeah, right. Everything like, is art. Mind. And it's, I, I think it should be easier to accept because like, for example, like, you know, like if, if you think about when photography appeared as opposed to painting, like that that should have been a lot harder to accept as art because it was just like a machine doing everything for you instead of uh you know a person painting a yeah portrait. that was a huge struggle there. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah 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 but 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 with games it's like it's just like it's a lot of uh you know a lot of different forms of art combined into one so how the hell is that not art uh, you know i think that's That's like saying that uh, cinema is not art because Transformers is a bad movie, you know? Yep, exactly. Uh, just, yeah, they're just judging everything based on, you know, Call of Duty or Mario. And and even that is art. Like, even Call of Duty is art. It's not good. It's I mean, it's not, I wouldn't call them artistic masterpieces, but still, there's so many talented people that are working on them. And, uh, you know, of like, course. some games are more commercial, some games are less, but that doesn't make them any less a work of art. Sure. All right, man. Uh, it's been an hour. And yeah, you're... it's been fun. I talked your ears off. I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. Um, um, I want to congratulate you again with a hundred thousand as we Thank speak, you. even Thanks. more probably. And uh, well, make it two. <laughs> Let's hope so. I don't know. Yeah. It... Everything went went uh, so much better than than uh, we had expected. Uh, right now we're in we're right in the middle of the campaign where things slow down a little bit, and this is where I need to get a lot of uh, caffeine in me and uh, try to, you know, try to get everything, try to get everyone even more excited about the about the campaign. It's a little bit of. Um, For for someone who's I'm I'm sort of an introvert, so doing all these things, even if they're if they're virtual, it's a little bit tiresome for me and very emotionally exhausting. But uh, you know, if it if it helps make make the game happen, I mean, we're generally excited and stuff. It's just uh, I know that once the campaign ends, I'm probably gonna do nothing for a week. Just rehab. Just, yes, of course. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Hey, thanks for the thanks for the conversation. I really had fun. Thank you, man. Well, that's it. Uh, thank you for stick by and uh, live with my many, many errs. I will try to get rid of them soon, sooner than later. Better be soon. I, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, um, I hope you enjoyed it uh, and you're very welcome to check out uh, all the links in the description and back the near mage. 
and see you soon. Thank you. Bye.